Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. We're so glad you're here. This season, we are gathering around the mics to share about the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You can find out more about our work on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And today we are continuing our journey through the Sanctifier, and we are looking at chapter six, which is on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sister Benedicta. Yes, historian. I think, at Mm -hmm. at least the way I've experienced things, and maybe this is not true of all of our listeners, maybe it's not even true of you, but I think that the gifts of the Holy Spirit sometimes in our minds live as cliches. I think that can be true, yeah. Yeah. I think so often we forget what they actually are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, I really wanted to pull out this one quote that um, Martinez has in this chapter where he actually explains, A, why we call them gift. Yes. And he also brings in why they have become cliches for people. So he's talking about how, okay, so we've talked about the Holy Spirit as like, the the divine director, right? Like the the, the divine artist. Artist, yeah. yeah. So he says, in every art, there is something incommunicable that belongs only to genius, which I love. Ooh. In the divine art, there is something incommunicable and infinite that belongs only to God. So already mm. he's bringing out that infinity aspect that we, you know, that's not from us, right? right. So then he says. Both the, the master and the disciple have their own instruments of work. For the disciple, that would be us, there are the virtues. For the master, the seven gifts. Mm. The virtues are undoubtedly the precious means of sanctification, but they are our means. The gifts are the instruments of the Holy Spirit. The virtues are divine brushes, but they are managed by man. If the gifts did not come to their aid, the pupil's work could hardly be accomplished because we kind of are not (laughs) God. (laughs) The handiwork of the master is achieved by these divine, mysterious instruments, the gifts. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love throughout this whole chapter, he kind of pulls out that idea of like that the virtues are things that we grow in and that we exercise. Mm -hmm. And the gifts are things that the Holy Spirit gives and the Holy Spirit primarily exercises within us. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think very often, because it's easier to talk about virtues because they seem more concrete, I think. Well, they're more human. Yeah. They're natural. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. To some extent. That's why so many of the the Greek and Latin philosophers were like, that's what they focused on was the virtues, right? Exactly. So when we have things like virtue education, that's not a bad thing. No. But how often do we talk about the virtues independent of the gifts of God? Mm -hmm. Almost always nowadays. Yeah. Like we might talk about how God helps us or God wants something from us or whatever, or we do it because we love God. But very rarely do we actually realize how much we lean on God's gifts in order to even grow or live those virtues and what is their end like what is the point of them yeah right yeah i saw that you had your bible open over there were you pulling up in the the list of the gifts did you know oh okay so the list of the gifts actually comes from isaiah Mm -hmm. the old testament and um 
It's from chapter 11, and I'm going to read a little bit of the intro because then it makes it clear that we're talking about Christ. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. You probably recognize that from Advent. Mm -hmm. It's one of the readings. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be the fear of the Lord. And if you've been praying the chaplet with us after Mm -hmm. each episode, those should sound really familiar to you too. Yep. Maybe worded slightly differently, but the same things. (laughs) Basically the same list. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to me to think of how Isaiah, this is a messianic prophecy. Yes. Yeah. Isaiah is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the context of the person that Jesus Christ is Mm -hmm. or will be for him, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, the reason that we know that we can participate in those gifts is because Jesus, before he ascended, promised his disciples the gift of the Holy Spirit, who would bring these gifts naturally by the, the nature of who he is. And then at Pentecost, actually sent the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, it's so beautiful. Like it, it's tying together kind of all of the, that that verse from Isaiah kind of ties together all of the mysteries mm-hmm. of the Christian life or of of the life of Jesus. Because you think about like he's he's prophesying the coming of the Messiah. And so you have Advent and Christmas kind of mixed in there. Yeah, uh, You have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but the gifts, but the Holy Spirit's promised to us on Holy Thursday, which Martinez refers to as the night of love when Jesus made us his friends. Yeah. My goodness. Think about Holy Thursday as the night of love when Jesus made us his friends. I love that so much. But so so Jesus promises the Holy Spirit on Holy Thursday. And then we have the events of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And then in the 50 days between Easter and the Ascension, Jesus promises again the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we have Pentecost. So it's like all kind of wrapped up in this one little verse. You have all of these mysteries kind of being referred to and made present to us. It really is amazing. Martinez, <laughs> he has this really funny turn of phrase that he keeps using in this chapter. He he talks about how these gifts, the one that we just read, the one that we've been, the ones that we've been praying in the chaplet at the end of every episode, these gifts bear the stamp of the master. And he keeps talking about how they have the stamp. They have the stamp. They are stamped. They bear the stamp. And I really love that because I was thinking about like when we talk about something bearing the stamp of either it is a stamp that verifies that something is official, for example, like The king would Mm -hmm. stamp or seal a document to say, no, this is truly coming from me, Mm -hmm. right? It's some kind of verification of identity. Or, still related to verification of identity, it's branding, Mm -hmm. right? When you look at a Tide commercial, (laughs) it is stamped (laughs) with Tide. That's hilarious, and it's totally where it comes from. But when you said that, I (laughs) thought of branding like cattle branding or like... (laughs) Like really like branding, you know? Okay. Yes. Like, well, that is also like, or, or, um <laughs> Or even like like a woodworker brands their work, right? Yes. So like it's, yes, yes, that's yes. nonviolent, but it is like, it is still, you have the hot stamp that right. makes the mark on the material. Right. And yeah. in all those three cases, the king, the, the carpenter, Tide. <laughs> this is not sponsored <laughs> by Tide, by the way, just to make that clear. No. Um, in all of those cases, what is that for? It is to confirm. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. or verify identity in order to solicit trust, Mm -hmm. right? When you see that it is the name- Trust or ownership. Or ownership, absolutely. both, yeah. So when you see that it is the name of someone that you trust, or as you're saying in terms of ownership, that it comes from them or belongs to them, Mm -hmm. like that- tells you whether or not it is a good thing mm-hmm. right if i am debating at the in the grocery store aisle of like which <laughs> laundry detergent to get and there's a no-name brand and it maybe it costs like a buck less than tide mm-hmm. well right now i <laughs> live about poverty so i would just go with the no-name brand that's cheaper but in an ideal world if i didn't know anything about the no-name brand mm-hmm. and i saw a brand that i i trusted I don't care if the packaging looks different than it used to. I don't care if I don't recognize the name I of the actual, like, whatever line of Tide it is. If I see the word Tide, I'm like, oh, I trust them. I know what they're about. I know that they made this thing, and it must be good. Right. Now, in the case of, of, of a brand or a company, that could be a wrong assessment, it technically. Could be. It could be. But that is the reason why names are so important, right? Why, mm-hmm. why we mark things with our names or stamp them. If, if it's coming from a creator that I love and want to support or whose work just fascinates me, you know, mm-hmm. I will get it even more to support them sometimes than to decorate my own house or whatever, whatever you're getting stuff for. And if it's coming from the king, I'm going to take it seriously. And I'm going to probably, hopefully, depending on what country I live in, believe that this has been issued yeah. for my good right. as a citizen. Right. Right. Recently, one of my favorite creators on YouTube had their channel hacked. And so all of these um, videos were being uploaded under his channel that were promoting, they were encouraging people to visit this website that ended up being actually like a scam, right? So so people had logged in, they managed to get a hold of this this major, major YouTube account, and were uploading these videos that were pushing people toward this scam website. And... Um, the creator, he, the next day, uploaded this video kind of apologizing about how, you know, explaining how it had happened, mm-hmm. apologizing for it, you know, um, really just expressing his hope that nobody had gotten taken in by this scam. Right. And and it was interesting because you see, like, my account is subscribed to his account. Mm-hmm. I see his name and his logo there. And I wonder why this isn't him this isn't normal right right? yes because you've come to you've gotten to know what that name means what they're about what they care about right like you know his voice Mm -hmm. you know like the the style of content that he creates the kind of humor that he might use or the kind of insight he might provide or whatever and when something is off you can feel that Mm -hmm. and so like i was thinking too as you were speaking that not only are the things that we do kind of given this sort of branding or this this uh, mark of trust or this mark of of authenticity mm-hmm. but then also again to pull in the song of songs i can't help myself um <laughs> you know that the the line set me as a seal on your arm set yes. me as a seal on your heart mm-hmm. and really what's being referred to there is what we would what we would consider a wedding ring right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the same kind of symbol of like i wear this ring because i belong to you because you belong to me it's a symbol of of our relationship, and it lets people know that I'm off limits to have right. that relationship with anyone else. Right. That's actually kind of a cool example because, I mean, obviously this is different in different cultures, but in the West, 
at this point in time, usually when it comes time to either purchase an engagement ring or a wedding ring or the band, couples will either go together or independently, however they kind of swing things, to choose a ring that will mean something to the other person. And either it's something that reflects the heart of the person they're buying it for to show them that they know them, Mm -hmm. or it's something that reflects the person buying it for the other spouse so that they're carrying something that speaks of their beloved on them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, the idea of the gifts of the Holy Spirit having that stamp of God is so beautiful because that means that anytime we live out of those things, we're kind of like flashing God's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that when when people see that, in a sense, they see the brand name, they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's God. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that back because that's what I meant by the, by the YouTube thing. Like, right. Yeah. Like, when we hear that voice, when we see those gifts, when we see the fruit of what comes from those gifts, mm-hmm. you recognize that. Yes. Or... Or if you don't recognize it, you don't yet know quite who God is or how he acts, you start to wonder about it. Right. Because there's something consistent over here, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Or there's something happening over here that's that's intriguing, that's drawing me in. You know that song? I, I don't even know what the real song is. I've only heard like more modern versions of it, but like they will know we are Christians by our love. Mm-hmm. You know that song? Yeah. So <laughs> I know how you feel about it. <laughs> but... I do think that that, in a sense, goes back to that idea of branding, right? Mm. That even even if I have no idea who, well, Jesus I don't Christ mind the is, scripture verse. Right. It's the song I don't enjoy. Sure, sure, <laughs> fair enough. The verse it's based on is great. Yes, <laughs> it's not my favorite tune and stuff either. But but I think the fact that it's that is pulled out over and over again is so important. Actually, the the first time I ever heard that song. It had been put into a minor key, and it was very haunting. It was very beautiful. Oh, interesting. So maybe that's why it doesn't bother me as much. But it's it's like that exposition of, okay, I'm starting to notice that every time I experience this type of love, there's like a certain color palette to it, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing this color palette everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you see the color palette with the name on it, and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. That's the person behind this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's so important for us to remember that when we live out of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, yes, we've said yes to those gifts. We've we've allowed the Spirit, like, the open channel to work through us. At the same time, there's, like, this hugely humbling reality that eventually— even those who have never heard of Jesus Christ, even those who have never heard of, of the God of Abraham, are going to recognize that, hold on a second, I don't think this is just you. And they should. Yeah. They should eventually realize that when they see it in other people, when they see that it's supernatural for us, and maybe that only comes after they've seen our limitations, which is one of the most humiliating things, mm-hmm. not humbling, but humiliating, when they've seen over and over you fall, you mess up your limitations, and then all of a sudden this, like, heroic thing comes out. <laughs> and it's like, hold up. That wasn't you. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think I think this is part of the reason, too, um, we can get really uncomfortable with, like, Catholic celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when yeah. it becomes about the person instead of about whatever it is that God is calling them to or whatever mission God has placed on their heart or, mm-hmm. you know— um, set them on the path for because that mission is not the person right 
and the message is not the person. Mm-hmm. That's all God's and 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 even more so, like God could take it away at any moment. You know, and sometimes like, he does. And he does. Yeah. And sometimes it's for the moment. Right. And then it's not for the future. Mm-hmm. And and that has to be okay. And so like when we as the followers of a YouTube channel or whatever, maybe start to associate the message too closely with the person who's presenting it. Or when that person maybe even begins to kind of lose their own identity mm-hmm. into whatever it is that they're being invited to do in that moment for God. And hopefully they've discerned really a true, you know, missionary call to that thing. That's when we run into trouble. Right. And that's when that's when that God's brand kind of gets hacked a little bit. <laughs> and and we are not as able to recognize him mm-hmm. because we human flawed people get in the way. Right. And sometimes actually I would say often, I won't say always, but often that's really not the fault of the presenter. It's actually on us because we start, in a sense, we start to idolize the presenter, not the one who wrote the thing, <laughs> right? Right. And actually, Martinez talks about that. One second. I'll find the quote. Okay. It was a very convicting quote. Where was it? I wrote conviction beside it. Here we go. Okay. The gifts of the Holy Spirit have been forgotten, like the Spirit himself. Many, desiring to be practical and solid, think too much about the work of man and little, much too little, about the work of God. They exalt the virtues, and that is well, but they forget the gifts. Mm. And that is ingratitude and baseness. Yeah. Okay, so pretty strong words. Yeah. But things that all of us have fallen into at some point, whether in this capacity or in some other capacity, right? And when we look at a person and their personality, those are good things. We should enjoy them. We should celebrate them. The person is a gift from God. Their personality is a gift from God. And if they are living a holy life, their personality is going to be extra beautiful because Mm -hmm. it's it's becoming more itself. Mm -hmm. But all of those things are not God. And if we start to say that we love that thing without loving the creator of it or the giver of it. Yeah. That is ingratitude, even if we didn't necessarily initially set out for it to be that, right? Mm -hmm. We're not saying thank you for that gift to the person who gave it to us. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of clinging to it. And as you said, Sister Benedict, as so many of our regular gifts, right, they can be taken away or, or we can be asked to put them aside for a time and do something else. And it doesn't affect our identity. Right. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, St. Paul reminds us, those gifts, the gifts of God, those are irrevocable. Mm-hmm. When you have received the Holy Spirit, those gifts dwell in you and they are not going anywhere. You might be able to choose with your free will not to uh, exhibit them or live out of them, mm-hmm. but they're not going anywhere. You always have access to those. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the more we access them, the stronger they grow in our lives. Right. Yeah, I love what you're saying here. And What I think is kind of cool is, well, here, here's how Martinez puts it. He says, the operation of the Holy Spirit in our souls is motion. So physics. I love it. Like, (laughs) like, it's active, you know? It's not just kind of like sitting there waiting for us. It's motion. Mm -hmm. So the operation of the Holy Spirit in our souls is motion. He sanctifies us by directing all our activities with the sweetness of love 
and the efficacy of omnipotence. Mm. I love that pairing, the sweetness yeah. of love and the efficacy of omnipotence. So like the the joy and the beauty and the intimacy of that loving relationship, but with all of the capacity of God's power. Yeah. And then he says, he is the only one who can move us in this way because he alone can penetrate into the hidden sanctuary of the soul, the enclosed garden, invisible to creatures. Mm -hmm. He is the only one who can move us in this way because, being omnipotent, he possesses the divine secret of touching the source of human activities without depriving them of their vitality or their freedom. Mm -hmm. And what this kind of calls to mind for me is um, St. Teresa of Avila's Interior Castle. Mm-hmm. And how she talks, she describes the soul as kind of like this winding set of halls that go kind of like deeper and deeper into this castle. And at the center of the castle is the presence of God. And it's the presence of God that's illuminating everything else. And the closer you get to it, the brighter you get, the purer you get. But you have to kind of like find your way there. But you do need that light there in the middle in order to get there. And I love this because when Martinez says he alone can penetrate into the hidden sanctuary of the soul. And what I love about that is like, I don't think I can get into the hidden sanctuary of my soul by myself either. You know, I need him to show me the way even into my own being. Yeah. Like he's the one who knows how the soul's set up. He's the one with the roadmap. Yeah, because it's a maze down there, guys. <laughs> and, and like I already have a superpower for getting lost. People have <laughs> witnessed this. I am very capable of getting lost. <laughs> and if I don't have a map, even if I have a map, I'm probably going to hold it the wrong way. <laughs> but if I don't have a map, I'm definitely never getting out alive. Uh... And and so just like this idea of like the Holy Spirit being the one who knows the way to that inner sanctuary mm-hmm. and that he that that from there like almost like that's the command center right yeah like from there is where these gifts are able to be put into motion mm-hmm. in our lives and the more that we are kind of sensitive to his desire to do that mm-hmm. and also kind of more consciously and freely try to give him the control center right. the control yeah. panel um in in a deeper way the better off we are, the better off people around us are, um, the more he will actually be able to do this whole project of making us into Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, okay, you know how puppies move a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed, yes. When a puppy is in motion in a large yard, you notice and it's adorable and it's fun and it makes you want to go play, right? Mm-hmm. If you put a puppy in a box, not that you should, I'm just saying. If you put a puppy in a box and you close the box, like a cardboard box with holes in it. (laughs) That box is going to move across the floor. Yeah, the box is going to move across the floor and it's probably going to knock things over, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like you're going to notice the tension there of the puppy trying to get out of the box because it can't move the way it was meant to move, right? Mm -hmm. I think so often the Holy Spirit is always moving as as, um, Martinez points out. That's what he does. But sometimes, through our free will, we kind of like shut the box. So it's not, it's something we're basically trying to bury or, or yeah, box up and hide. And we don't want it running around the yard making changes. And even though it will bring us like life and joy to go like run around with the puppy and play with the puppy, like that will bring us life and joy if the Holy Spirit, you know, has that freedom in us. But 
if we don't allow him that freedom, what happens when you're standing next to a box full of something that's trying to get out but can't, right? Because you haven't let it out. It's uncomfortable. It's Mm -hmm. like hitting against your leg. It's making noises you don't like. It's like all those things. And sometimes, I mean, there's lots of reasons for us to feel uncomfortable about many things, but sometimes when we start to feel uncomfortable, when we feel gross about something, when we just are never quite satisfied, you know, sometimes it's because we really aren't letting the thing out (laughs) that brings joy and contentment and fulfillment and transformation and whatever. And really what it is, is the Holy Spirit kind of moving around in there saying, please remember me. Mm -hmm. Like, let me out. Mm -hmm. Let me into your life Mm -hmm. because I'm here. Like, can you hear me? You know? Yeah, and the way Martinez puts that is the Holy Spirit must be intimately united to his soul in order to move it. Right. He moves us because he loves us and is loved by us. Both because he loves us and because he is loved by us. Yeah. He moves us in the measure of our mutual possession. There's that (laughs) phrase again. (laughs) Yeah. Mutual possession. So the more we mutually possess one, one another, the more I've given myself to him and the more I've allowed him to give himself to me, the more he's going to move me. Mm. And what's beautiful about that too is, and kind of as I'm thinking about this idea of like allowing him the freedom to move and this, um, not dichotomy, but this kind of complementary uh, relationship between the gifts and the virtues that Martinez is pointing out, mm-hmm. the more I'm feeling almost like a little bit of freedom there because I don't live the virtues perfectly. Right. Like some of them do. I'm kind of, pretty stinky at like (laughs) some of them I really need God's help to begin to grow in quite a bit yeah actually and and that could become a problem like if somebody could see me and could be scandalized by me by my inability to live the virtues properly right as with any Christian right right Mm -hmm. right and and I would hate for that to happen right but it probably has Mm -hmm. and it probably will again Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't present in my life. And it doesn't mean that they can't bear fruit. Right. You know, like, because I want him to. And so even though I'm kind of bad at this thing over here that I need to practice, mm-hmm. there's part that he's doing. Right. That I don't have any control over, that I just have to actually let him do. Mm-hmm. That that's the only control I have is whether or not he's allowed to do it. And so to me, that's kind of a consolation too. Like it's so little actually re- relies on me. Right. And and in some ways that can be scary because we're giving <laughs> power and authority <laughs> over to somebody else and I like to be a kind of a control freak. But in other ways it's really freeing. Yeah. It is very freeing and it's not when we give away that power and we give away that control in a sense we're entrusting it to someone who's going to use it way better than we will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, like he's just going to make it better even though That doesn't mean it won't be hard. Right. Okay. To that point, Martinez writes, When the Holy Spirit moves by means of his gifts, the norm is enlarged. It is God himself shared by man, as if man under the impulse of the Spirit no longer worked humanly, but became God by participation, as St. Thomas boldly puts it. (laughs) As he says, Mm. and I I think that is so important because it's really going back to what you're saying of, yeah, like if we're talking about our own human norms, 
it's not going to be perfect and it's going to be confusing for people because we're professing one thing Mm -hmm. and we're not living it as perfectly as we're professing it, you know? Right. Or as perfectly as we we would love to even. Right. As we, and we profess something usually because we really believe it, right? But we're not necessarily able to live up to our own ideals and hopes from our own human reality. But when we are allowing God to act in us, like, again, like that's that thing that's not us, that supernatural thing that gives life to our virtues and builds us in virtue when we would never be able to do it by ourselves. That is a unification of us to God, that that mutual possessing of us loving God back and him loving us. And that when we talk about becoming Christ, like that is a very concrete step in that transformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love to, like, Martinez constantly refers to the ideal of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's always talking about this ideal. And some people are not okay with language about something being ideal. Mm. Or they'll say like, oh, you're being too idealistic or something. Right. But I've like, always had a problem with that because my thing is, if something is being is an ideal, but it's not actually achievable in reality, then in my mind, it is no longer by definition the ideal. Right. Because an ideal has to be real. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the ideal of the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ is very real. And so... That ideal is very real and is to be made very real in each of us and through each of us. And our whole being is to be brought into the ideal that is Jesus Christ. And I just, I love that so much because there's so much that is not ideal right. about us, even when we want to be, even mm-hmm. when we're trying, we're striving to be, mm-hmm. you know, darn original sin just like gets in the way and... <laughs> And we mess up even in ways that we don't totally understand. Like we're not yeah. choosing sin always. Like sometimes it's just kind of, I didn't even realize that this was going to hurt you. Right. You know, right. Or, or whatever. Like right. it's, there's just so much that is not ideal about our lives. But the Holy Spirit wants to create the ideal, which has to be achievable, which has to be real, which has to be something that can exist in time, right. in matter, right, <laughs> in us. And I don't know, there's just something about that that's consoling and also very challenging for me. I, to that, at the end of the chapter, there's like this beautiful, it almost sounds like a prophecy to us that, that Martinez is speaking to us if we, if we mm. read it on mm-hmm. its own. And the, wor- the sentence is, the work is about to appear in its magnificent beauty. Mm. Like that work, to quote St. Paul again from Philippians, that work that the Lord has begun in you, he will bring it to completion. It is about to appear in you in all of its magnificent beauty. And that is not something we need to be afraid of. But when we're talking about, I'm just going to talk about fear for a second because I think this is a very real thing for a lot of us. It is scary to realize that if you say yes to something, you will change. Mm-hmm. It is scary to know that if you say yes to something, things will change. Even if you are longing for things to change, realizing that they will and realizing you're not necessarily sure how they will, but you know that they will. Yeah. Or predicting how they might Mm -hmm. and knowing you don't really like that. Like Mm -hmm. it might be uncomfortable or cause some problems that weren't already there before. That is scary. Yeah, it is. 
But when we talk about one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit being fear of the Lord, I love that we call it fear of the Lord because we're using that word fear, but we're using it very differently mm-hmm. than how we talk about, you know, human fear of like a scorpion. I'm not afraid of God in the way that I'm afraid of a scorpion. Fear of God is something that is love. It is yeah. not related to, oh my gosh, I'm so scared you're going to punish me kind of thing, right? No. Or you're going to hurt me. Yeah. It's it's something really beautiful and life-giving. And that, to me, like the only fear that is really worth listening to is the fear of not loving God. Yeah. When I know that I'm longing to, and I have the choice to say no to that longing, and I have the choice to say yes to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's to say yes to this motion that takes place within us, within the interior castle, right? And yeah. I was, again, a couple of weeks ago, I was praying with uh, Jacques Philippe's book in the School of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's talking about different attitudes that that kind of like open us up a little bit more to to the motion of the Holy Spirit. So he says, all of these attitudes which facilitate the Holy Spirit's motions can only be acquired little by little. Mm-hmm. And an absolute requirement for for acquiring them is faithfulness to prayer. Prayer is indispensable in strengthening our determination to refuse God nothing. Mm. In practicing detachment with filial and trusting abandonment. In learning to love silence and inwardness. And in discovering the place of the heart where the Holy Spirit gently appeals to us. So this is like kind of all the same sort of themes that we've been talking about today, right? Like the the motion of the Holy Spirit, that it's his action that does these things, that um, there's this place within us that needs to be opened up to us that only the Holy Spirit can really get to and really know and can really lead us to. <laughs> yeah. And the only way to get there is little by little with prayer, practicing this trust, practicing learning. I love how he says learning to love silence and inwardness. Mm. Because I don't think that's a natural thing to just love. No, we have to learn. We Mm -hmm. really do. Mm -hmm. And I think, okay, some people are better at practicing things in general than others. I'm just going to be really honest. I'm not great at practicing anything. Like, I remember when my mom put me into piano lessons, and there is just something about repetitive action that just drains (laughs) all of the energy and motivation out of me. I hated sitting in front of the piano, working on the same page of music over and over and over again. And it was so discouraging when I would hit the same mistakes over and over and over again. And then sometimes you would get to the point where you finally got the piece and you would make this weird mistake that you had never made before. And you're like, I don't even know what I just did. And like... (laughs) That was, it was so discouraging to me. And I used to go like find excuses to not be there. And I would hide Mm. sometimes. Like I really, I love piano. I just hate practicing it. But I think that that was actually, as much as I hated that experience, as much as I still kind of to this day wish my mom would have pulled me out of lessons earlier. (laughs) Because it really wasn't fair to my teachers either because I wasn't practicing as I was supposed to have been. But that experience taught me a lot about my own accountability when I hit struggles praying. Mm -hmm. When I am struggling, so as daughters of St. Paul, we are religious, so we have specific prayer practices that we have committed ourselves to, right? And 
For even the most everyday Christian, it's important to commit ourselves to some type of prayer practice, and some are are obligatory, like going to Mass on Sunday. That Mm -hmm. is an obligation, right? Provided we have access to Mass. So on days where I'm really struggling motivation-wise or concentration-wise, or I'm messing up somehow, like I can't focus, or I'm just like holding on to all these things and I can't feel what I want to feel or whatever, I know that I have that same tendency that I had as a child. It's a tendency that I just have to find an excuse, a good excuse, (laughs) but an excuse nonetheless, Mm -hmm. to leave Mm -hmm. or to hide, Mm -hmm. right? And that Hiding might not be like I'm not going to go hide in the convent somewhere else, but I might, I might in- <laughs> I find you under the stairs somewhere. <laughs> like, don't look at me. I don't want to go to chapel. <laughs> but like, I might interiorly hide. Mm-hmm. I might be sitting in the pew. Yeah, and and be tempted to hide interiorly yeah. from God and withdraw. Right. Mm-hmm. And the challenge that God is giving to me, and I am so grateful for that miserable experience over the course of how many years of my childhood where I finally learned that that's a problem for me to hide or to find an excuse to leave when I don't want to practice something difficult. Because of that experience, like he allowed for that experience so that I would know at this time in my life that I don't need to be afraid of myself, that he will help me get through that. Yeah. So, and and he does. I love that. I love I love thinking about these these commitments to prayer as practice mm-hmm. because they can be super repetitive. Yeah, they can be. They can be super frustrating. Mm-hmm. They can be super boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's there's always times when like, yes, there have been moments when my prayer has been like fireworks and I have felt Jesus like so very close to me and he's spoken very clearly into my heart. That is not the majority. Mm-hmm. That is by far the minority of experiences of prayer. The majority of the experience of prayer is, hi, Jesus, I'm here. I've shown up. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to just go over my to-do list over and over and over again. Right. I'm trying really hard not to just recount this conversation that I wish I had responded differently to, or mm-hmm. I wish she had responded differently to, or whatever, mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I'm trying really hard not to just pick up my phone and scroll on Twitter. I'm trying, <laughs> like, that is the majority, actually, of prayer experience. Mm. And you can go, and it could be 55 minutes of that, but then that last five minutes, God can do something in. Or he could give just one word, and that can get me through the whole rest of the day. Or or sometimes nothing happens in those five minutes either. Yeah. And you get up and you genuflect and you walk out and you try again the next day and you just keep showing up. And it's it's practice because it's something that we have to commit to and do every day and get better at. But it's also a relationship and it relies on his having something specific that he wants us to hear that day. It relies on my, it's possible he was speaking that whole time and I just couldn't shut my brain off long enough to hear it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's also possible he just wanted to be quiet and look at each other for a while. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. Mm. And so just like tuning my heart to what it is that he might be desiring requires a lot of practice mm-hmm. and a lot of self-control mm-hmm. and, and an awareness that has to be fostered. It's not something we just kind of can turn on. 
Right. It's something we really do have to learn and to foster. And it takes time and it takes patience and it takes open communication with the beloved with whom I am trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. You know, just in the same way that like spouses have to work stuff like that out too. Like we have to work it out with God. And I think just from my own experience, everyone experiences like dryness and distraction, whatever, but we also experience it differently naturally because we have different personalities and mm -hmm. whatever. For me, the days that I have gone to prayer as I have committed to and sat there the whole hour that I committed to mm -hmm. and really didn't have any breakthroughs, didn't have, but I stayed and I kept trying and I kept like, when I realized I was distracted, being like, Jesus, I'm so distracted. Are you asking me to pray about this? Or if not, can you help me focus? Like kept offering that back to him. Didn't hear a word. Genuflected. Mm -hmm. Told him I loved him. Left. Right. Those days I still maintained a kind of like peace in my day. Right. Yeah. That that compared to the days where I left early. I did not fulfill what I had committed to. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that those days. And, right. and I might have felt like emotionally like more justified or vindicated or whatever because, well, it's not working. I'm leaving. Like, yep. And then go do a thing I wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or but even that, not even the thing you wanted to do, just something you needed to or do. Or that I needed to do. List. Yeah. Right, right. My excuse to leave. Yeah. Like on the days that I sat there and I suffered through that that feeling of separation or of aloneness, like those are the days that God really did grant me the peace, mm -hmm. even if even if I didn't hear him. And I think when when Jesus cries out from the cross in much more agony than I have on those mundane days, like, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? It's a reminder to me that he knows the feeling that I am experiencing, even though I'm experiencing it in my own reality and for me, that might look like I turned off my phone because I kept getting distracted by it or I, or I left it outside of chapel because I knew I would be, like all of those kinds of things. No, he didn't have a cell phone, but he knows what it is because he lives in me, right? Like he knows exactly what a cell phone is. He knows what it means to be distracted by a flashing screen or a ding or whatever. When I know that he knows what it feels like to have this feeling of you're not there or speaking and I want you to he also knows what it means to stick around mm -hmm. through that. And he knows the fruit and he's lived it and he's shown it to me and I trust him. So I am going to stay. And don't think for a second that that will not bear fruit mm -hmm. because it will, because he is there. Yeah. And he is, as Martina says, in motion, right? God is in motion. The Holy Spirit is in motion in you. The Holy Spirit is praying in you, <laughs> even if you're kind of failing at it, like, or you feel like you're failing at it. Your faithfulness, we are only faithful because he was faithful first. We are only, we only love because he loved us first. And if it means that we have to catch ourselves halfway already out of the pew when there are people behind us who saw us get up to leave <laughs> and we're like, you know what? Help me be faithful to this thing that I committed to for love of you. I'm sitting myself back down. Everyone will see that I double took myself, that I sat back down, and they're <laughs> going to be like, oh, did they forget something? I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's not the reason I'm here. I'm here for you. You mm -hmm. are faithful to me. Help me be faithful to you even in this thing mm -hmm. that doesn't feel great. Yeah. And that bears fruit. Yeah. 
I remember one time I was praying through a season where I just like really wasn't feeling Jesus close. I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. I couldn't even really believe that he was being attentive to me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there was this um, moment where I was reminded of when when we were little kids and my sister would always do this thing where she would put her forehead up against my forehead. <laughs> and you cannot focus on the face of the person. Right. Your eyes right. can't. She, yeah. She would always call it Cyclops because it makes you it makes it look like the person has one eye, right? Yeah. But you cannot focus on the face of the person. It's just fuzzy color. Yeah. And I have really bad vision in it. As a kid, I didn't even know that yet. Oh. So I already had really bad vision. And she would put her face on my face. I literally couldn't see anything. It didn't look like a person. It didn't look like anything. Yeah. And that popped into my head. And it was just kind of like sometimes when things are too close. Mm-hmm. You can't see it and you can't recognize it. And it just kind of struck me that like, I'm not seeing Jesus. I'm not recognizing Jesus. I don't totally know that he's here with me. But could it be that actually he's just too close? Right. Like in a good way. Yeah. 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 He's so close that. Yeah. 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 And then I'm I'm tuning in the wrong way. I'm trying to focus on a on a plane that's a little too far away. Right. Yeah. And and all of us naturally will gravitate towards some type of um like sensory experience, right? Like some of us are very visual, some of mm-hmm. us are very auditory, some of us are very tactile. Yeah. The same goes for the spiritual life. Like different people naturally will be inclined to one type of experience or whatever. And I think that's an important thing to get to know about ourselves, even though that takes time, because sometimes that means if God is speaking, Mm -hmm. I don't even notice he's there because I'm looking for something visual. Yes. Right? Yeah. If God is tapping me on the shoulder or holding my hand, I don't notice because I'm listening for something auditory because Mm -hmm. that's what I'm used to or I gravitate towards. God is fullness. Yeah. He speaks to us in all ways. And even though he will usually have one that he's does more with us than others, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean he might not surprise us once in a while. And that helps us to become more full ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes it's like that. I'm trying to focus on seeing his eyes with my eyes, but really this is a moment for us to just touch foreheads and know him that way, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So my last little thought that I want to pull out from this chapter is Martinez says, one after another, the gifts by their cleansing action will take away from the soul the impurities characteristic of human misery. Hmm. The gentle brilliance of heavenly light will descend upon the purified soul, and the pale outlines of the ideal will begin to appear as the stars come out in the quiet splendor of twilight. I just got chills. I have a thing for stars. I love that (gasps) so much. And, And this idea, too, that the gifts have a cleansing action. They have a cleansing action. And and I love the absolute lack of um, judgment in his statement here. Mm-hmm. Their cleansing action will take away from the soul the impurities characteristic of human misery. The impurities are there. They cause us suffering. Mm. They're part of our fallen condition. But the Holy Spirit cleanses them. He's not like, oh, you bad, terrible person. I have to wash you up now. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's like this is an impurity that, you know, yeah. As a doctor, like I see this pretty frequently and and we can take care of that. Yeah, I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is beautiful because actually, you know how at the beginning we talked about where we find this in the Bible in Isaiah 11? Mm-hmm. And I read the beginning part of Isaiah 11. Oh, yeah. So. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Full circle. Okay. So Isaiah says in Isaiah 11 what we already talked about, and he talks about how the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And then Isaiah says, He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the oppressed of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion will feed together and the child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp that is a venomous snake, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So he's talking about the redemption mm-hmm. of everything. Mm-hmm. the purification of everything. And when we let the Holy Spirit do his work in us, he is redeeming the world because he is forming Christ in us who has redeemed the world. Yeah. Boom. I love Isaiah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, I don't have anything to add after that. You can't get any better than the redemption of the world. No, it's hard. <laughs> and like our part in that is like, just let him do what he needs to do in us. Yes. Yeah. And all of that is the fruit. Yep. That's so good. Yeah. I think that would maybe be my challenge mm. after all of this mm-hmm. is, okay, basically my challenge is the next time you go to pray and it feels like nothing and you would like to find an excuse and actually have many excuses to just leave, to stay, to ask the Holy Spirit to really help you live out of his gifts, no matter how you feel, and to know that every time you do in the next day or the next week, he is working out his redemption in you, even if that means you're scrubbing the kitchen floor. The redemption he works in you is the redemption that he's working through all of creation. All right. So I love that this chapter is on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And now we get to pray the chaplet for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So maybe my challenge too would be let's pray this chaplet like really with some intensity. Yeah. Like really extra. with like some asking the Holy Spirit to like really fill me up with these gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let him be extra in, in your life and own it. Mm -hmm. So we'll begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the first decade is for the gift of wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. 
O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. The second set is for the gift of understanding. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. The third set is for the gift of counsel. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. For the Gift of Fortitude Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, Come make your home in my heart. For the gift of knowledge. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come make your home in my heart. For the gift of piety. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, 
Come, make your home in my heart. For the gift of fear of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with the gift of fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come, make your home in my heart. By myself, I I can can do nothing. nothing. But with God I can do all things. For the love of God I want to do all things. To him honor and glory, to me the eternal reward. Holy Spirit, vivify me. Love of God, consume me. The way of truth, lead me. With your grace, empower me. You are the promised one sent by the Father, reminding us of all that Jesus' Master taught. I ask you for no other knowledge, no other wisdom than that of Christ crucified, and that he may live in me. Thank you so much for listening. Dare to Dwell is a production of the Daughters of St. Paul and is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. For more information about our sisters or ministry, or to learn about how you can support us, visit connect.pauline.org Patreon. God bless you.